again. It's Big Joe, Carl Carafel here on a Turnbuckle Talk episode of JNK Podcast. Here, Carl. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. We just got finished watching the Royal Rumble pay per view for 2017, and uh, interesting to say the very least. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In, in some good ways and some bad ways. Well, we'll, we'll get into all, to all that before we get into all that craziness here. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, one of our kind of main uh, sponsors of this program here, Carl. Yeah, we have a, uh, well, Ooh. the main, main sponsor that we've got yes. is uh, KC Security Services. <laughs> and uh, KC Security Services can be found online by going to www.kcsecurity.ca. From there, you can find out what they do. Lots of what they do is security work. They do private events. They will do big corporate events. Mm -hmm. They will do big events. They do mobile patrol. They do house patrols. They do key holding. They do just about everything you can think of in security. Mm -hmm. Yep, and they're coming back to the Sault Ste. Marie area here in Northern Ontario, so it'll be good to see... Uh, those guys back in town here doing their thing here. So Yeah, definitely will mm-hmm. be. Can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, for sure. All right, so as I mentioned here, uh, we watched the Royal Rumble pay-per-view tonight. Uh, some some good stuff, some okay stuff, some really bizarre stuff. We'll get into it all. Um, Four-hour Royal Rumble pay-per-view this year. Well, about three hour and three 40 hour minutes. Hours. Yeah, a little kind of ambiguous with the, uh, the time frame there, but... Uh, Anyways, uh, the first match was, uh, they started off with the women's match, um, that six-person tag match, which I'm, yes. sometimes that can be good, sometimes that can be bad. This time it was well, maybe a little bit of both. True, but we do have to mention that it was actually a two-hour pre-show that mm, happened. Two hours. And the following three matches that we're going to talk about were actually on the pre-show. Yeah, so if you bought the, I guess if you bought the paper, you probably didn't see it. And if you're getting up watching this on DVD, when it gets released, you may or may not see it. <laughs> Probably not. Right? So, a little kind of strange with uh, so many matches being on the pre-show. I mean, typically, up until, you know, not too long ago, they did one, maybe two at the most. That's right. Not this year, they did they did three. Uh, the first one was uh, uh, Naomi, Nikki Bella, Becky Lynch against Natty, your girl Alexa Bliss, and Mickey James. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> Some... Uh, you know, the, the six-person tag match is um, something that can be good. But in, in this case, it was it was nothing too special. A couple of cool spots. They did like a, uh, um, a six-way kind of suplex thing for like the key spot in the match. Yeah, and that was really about it. I mean, that yeah. was the biggest thing that really happened. Re- really cool to see. Don't get us wrong. But mm-hmm. yeah. really nothing too spectacular. That was really the only thing kind of noteworthy in, in that match. And... Uh, Strangely enough, uh, the champ, uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, on the losing end, along with her team in that match, which was uh, an interesting decision to do there, booking and storyline and everything going forward-wise. I think so, especially because of who they had her lose to. <laughs> Naomi. Right? Yeah. Naomi. Yeah, and a very, very strange decision, in my opinion. But, you know, it is what it is, pre-show. Yeah, first match. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not too much that much can be said about that, uh, and it, it's a shame, especially for Mickey James. Uh, you know, her first kind of real kind of comeback match to the to the main roster being that, and you know, not a whole heck of a lot done with it. So that's true, but we never know, right? We never know if this is going to build up to, you know, let's say maybe Mickey James now going after Naomi because yeah. of what's happened, right? We we don't know, but we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. 
next up, the uh, Raw Tag Team match with uh, Cesaro and Sheamus against uh, The Club. Yes. The Club. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, them maybe should have won the title beforehand. You know, so this is uh, more or less kind of a match of maybe the way it was supposed to go the first time. Very or, possible. Or, 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 you know, at least, uh, you know, from fan perspective-wise, uh, I think a lot of people wanted uh, them to finally get the titles. And uh, at this time, finally getting uh, the upper hand on Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, well, I know that that's something that I've wanted for a while is mm. actually with them, uh, you know, taking the belts, taking them off of whoever was the tag team champions at the time. I've always been a big advocate of the club, even mm-hmm. back in their New Japan Pro days uh, with the Bullet Club. So... Mm-hmm. No, it's about time. I, I like seeing it. And again, just to to, to make note of that, to, just to tease Vince a little bit, once again, just to put it out there again, Vince, when bringing him back as Luke Gallows, was not aware, completely forgot, that he used to be the Festus character and just... You know, That's right. He just, just kind of re- yeah. literally rehired him, not knowing that he was already employed it for the company at one point and uh, was not a very successful character with the <laughs> no, Festus it role. Wasn't. But... Uh, but you know, whatever. Um, you know, kind of honed his craft over in Japan and come back. He's come back now and is, you know, I would say light years better than where he was at before. So. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, you know, going from good to arguably really, really bad. Uh, yeah, terrible. <laughs> with the uh, match with Nia Jax and Sasha Banks. Um, hmm. Not quite sure what to say about this one. That was already said about Nia Jax from the both of us. That's pretty much about it. I mm-hmm. mean, so to see so many of the, the caliber of Sasha Banks to get, uh, you know, just taken apart that way, hard to hard to watch. It is hard to. I watch. mean, to kind of give everybody a comparison here. Okay, the first match, the six women match, mm-hmm. it actually went nine minutes thirty five seconds. Yeah. Then the next match, the tag team match, <clears throat> went ten minutes twenty eight seconds. The Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks match. Went a total of, you actually timed it five minutes and ten seconds. That was short, even for a women's, or previously up until just recently the divas match. Very very short. Very 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 short. Very. And, you know, especially you know, looking at the matches that she's put on with Bailey and Becky and you know maybe even Charlotte. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just getting just getting destroyed by this woman that uh, you know we, we, we've talked about her before. You know, it's. And I know she has the, uh, she has the name. She has, she has the the name and the family lineage, or however you want to word it. But when it comes to just purely kind of skill, like the, just the craft of professional wrestling in the ring, she is tough to watch. Very, very tough, tough to watch. watch. You know, just the, the basic moves, very rough. To, that doesn't doesn't sell when when receiving moves, and just uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if we were to look in a dictionary mm-hmm. and look up the term Bad. no sell, no sell. Yeah, Nia Jax's picture. She, she right is the master it. of the no cell. There are some that that uh, are a little bit guilty of that, uh, you know. Other than her, I mean, uh, Corbin's a little guilty of that. A couple of these other guys, uh, Rusev does it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Brock does it uh, a fair amount. Yeah, but I mean, her is just you know, it, it's it's a constant. Yeah, it's as if she is the Wonder Woman of the mm. WWE who can do absolutely <laughs> anything she wants and nothing happens to her. Yeah. She feels absolutely nothing. When in reality, 
Yeah. From being in the ring myself, going through any of those types of moves yeah. that Sasha Banks would have put on her tonight, definitely she would be feeling a little bit. And she would have to sell that. Yeah. And she would have to, even if she didn't really feel pain, she would have to make it look as though she did feel some pain. Yeah. Come on, Nia Jax. <laughs> no, right? And oh. and just making an effort, like like appearance wise. I mean, I understand me. You know, they're going for this big uh, woman kind of character, but there's a difference between putting on like muscle mass and and becoming strong, and then just like belly rolls. I, I, I'm one that I'm one, I'm one to talk to. I'm not in the most fantastic shape in the world. I'd be the first to admit that. I'm not a professional wrestler, but you know, but I mean, for somebody who is, you would think you know when you're you're, you're you know your your skill and your character and your body are there being showcased that you would you know make an effort to you know at least look the part. What I want everybody to do, everybody <laughs> that's listening to this, I want you to pause us for a moment here. After I tell you what to do, okay. Okay. What I want you to do is I want you to go to Google, hmm. and I want you to type in Nia Jax WWE and <laughs> look at some pictures. Hmm. Then I want you to on a separate tab go to Google and type in. Nia Jax before model because mm. she was a model she was I believe a fitness model yep. before mm-hmm. and just take a look at the difference and that's that's kind of where we're coming from oh, yeah. not necessarily that we're knocking her because she's bigger no but just to go from how she looked before to how she looks now we're flabbergasted as to why she would go from what she was before to mm-hmm. how she looks now Especially in that type of a business with the WWE wants these muscular fit people. Yeah. With the exception of a few of the males, right? But, yeah, like, definitely. So now is the time you're going to pause us. Mm -hmm. You're going to take a look at that and then come back. Yep. You know, and and if you're somebody that's been following, uh, you know, the business, uh, you know, mainly WWE fairly closely, if you... uh, you know, we're, we're watching, you know, the WWE Network specifically, you know, before she came over from NXT, there's a show called, done called Breaking Ground. And, uh, you know, when she got her, well, first of all, she got like a, an increase in NXT. It was like a double or triple raise, actually. Yes. I think her and Apollo Crews and a couple other people got the same kind of deal. But when she got her call to, to the roster, the, the caveat or the, uh, you know, the one of the conditions for her going over there was she's going to make an attempt to... You know, Im- improve her look a little bit. You know, to, you know, to improve her for physical fitness. Exactly right, and, and you know, and since she's coming over, it's gotten worse. It's gone in the opposite direction than it was supposed to, and it's like, you know, I'm all for giving somebody a chance, you know, but if they're, you know, making the actual real effort, you know, exactly. At the, at the very least, you know, at least this was on the pre-show. It's a shame that Sasha was relegated to that, but you know, it's one of the things. It is what it is. Yeah, no. it definitely is. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about it. But yeah. uh, but talk about it like we do here on Turnbuckle Talk Absolutely. on J&K Podcast. Absolutely. All right, getting to the main uh, card for this. Back-to-back with the women, Charlotte versus Bailey for the um, Raw Women's Championship. Yes. Which I think is the proper way to say it. They keep changing the names yeah, on the these w- titles w- all the time. Yeah, Raw's Women's Championship. Yeah, it's, uh, there's probably more to it than that. but uh, No, that's I, it. WWE yeah. Raw yeah. Women's Championship. That's it. I think I just said Raw Women's Championship. I left the WWE part. Could be. I left it up. Because, yeah. like I said, they keep changing the name of these titles. But, uh, anyways, uh, Bailey and Charlotte, you know. Uh, I've said some, you know, whenever it comes to a match with Charlotte, I even said to you when we were watching this tonight, 
I'm nervous watching. <laughs> there were a couple of cases of, you know, of the same kind of deal again where uh, Charlotte, you know, as talented as uh, everybody claims and everybody raves about her, she's rough on the people that she wrestles with. You know, I still see a lot of that going on. And, you know, a couple of cases again that with Bailey tonight. It definitely was. And yeah. not necessarily that she's green, as we say in the business, or Ooh, hello. a novice, as, mm-hmm. you know, other people would say. But. I mean, just kind of going through and the moves that she does just seem very brash. Mm -hmm. She doesn't seem to really give very much, like in the business, where that's what you kind of need to do. You have to be able to, it's it's a dance Mm -hmm. with the other person. You have to be able to work with the other person to ensure that they are not getting injured Mm -hmm. and that you aren't getting injured yourself, Yeah. right? I mean, she definitely has a lot of potential. I just think that there's still this big thing out there, you know, especially with very hardcore wrestling fans feel that she's, you know, literally had this opportunity just handed to her without really having to earn it, you know? And you know what? I think that's a big beef that a lot of people have with Charlotte. I think it is, is too, definitely, because, I mean, her father is Ric Flair, Flair, right? But I know that Ric Flair has gone on record a few different times and has Mm -hmm. actually said... I have supported my daughter. Mm-hmm. I have supported Ashley through everything that she has won. Sorry. Supported Charlotte. Ashley is Whoops. her real name. Slip in the cave name there. Okay. But he has said, I have supported Ashley in every possible way that I can mm-hmm. without influencing the decisions made for her. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I 100% commend. Yeah. Because that's the way it should be. If she wants to become a WWE superstar, she needs to be able to do it without having people go, you're mm-hmm. Ric Flair's daughter, here you yeah. go, take this. You're Ric Flair's daughter, here you go, have this. Mm-hmm. You're Ric Flair's daughter, we're going to put you on the highest pedestal because you're Ric Flair's daughter. Yeah. Right? And Rick has gone on record to say that that's not what, what has happened and that she actually has made her way through mm-hmm. NXT Performance Center yeah. and made her way up. Yeah. So. Now you got to think because, uh, you know, she was originally uh, going down that path. It was her, her brother, Reed, you know, who ended up, uh, you know, killing himself with uh, an over... You know, it was like a mixture of heroin and something. Yeah. I forget now what it was. But, uh, you know, it, it feels like... Um, I won't say that she's doing it for the wrong reason, but it's like she's... You know, doing it, you know, to kind of fulfill his kind of dream instead of kind of, yeah. you know, doing it for her own kind of want and, you know, for to give herself some purpose. It feels like she's, you know, doing it for somebody else, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 with Charlotte. I, you know, she has a lot of potential and everything like that. I just, I think she got brought up just a little too quickly. I know? think so too. You know, she could have, she could have, um, <clears throat> how would I say this? She could have benefited from staying down in NXT a little bit longer mm-hmm. and really honing the craft of professional wrestling before yep. being called up. Yep. I, I, th- I think the, the character-wise, I think it's fine. You know, uh, she, she makes a pretty good heel. You know, she's uh, she's gotten some good legitimate heat over the, uh, the last little while. You know, kind of using some... Uh, some risky ideas and whatnot. Uh, I don't know if necessarily many of those were her her ideas or not, but uh, you know, using the uh, you know hating against her dad and, and even using the uh, situation with her brother in one instance, which uh, actually didn't go over well with a lot no. of people, uh, you know, especially in the audience. And uh, I think even Rick was uh, a little shaken by that, you know, because I don't think that uh, 
they were kind of informed that they were going to use that. Yeah, I don't believe so. know whose idea that was to go ahead with that storyline, but, uh, you know. But, yeah, I mean, uh, that match with Bailey, um, I would have liked to have seen it change hands a little bit because I think uh, Bailey is the, the kind of more well-rounded person in the ring and, you know, character-wise and whatnot. Although I feel, you know, it's kind of bordering on, I mentioned it before, with her being almost kind of like the, the female John Cena kind of character, which I fear that it could end up going in that direction. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't But, um, right. you know, because uh, she's really entertaining and has put on some of the best women's matches in, the, in recent history, so. Yeah. You know, so hopefully, you know, uh, you know, Charlotte's basically, I think she's undefeated on pay-per-views now, so. Yeah, she, I think uh, this is 9, nine and 0 pay-per-view, or. I think it might be more 12 than 12 and 0, or something. It's, 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 it's a crazy number. Crazy number. It's a high number. Is there some, is there construction going on in the building here somewhere? Uh, there might be, I don't, I don't know. know. Who is, uh, who is hammering at 11 o'clock in the evening? I have no idea anyways all right so charlotte coming up again winner on that um not what i would have predicted not what i wanted but but a good match all in all a good solid 13 minutes and five seconds of a match and it was it wasn't a bad match Mm -hmm. and uh next up after that the uh match for the um universal title (laughs) with uh kevin owens versus roman reigns with mr chris jericho Hanging in a shark cage, and I'm going to actually quote right from his Facebook page here. This was actually done about, uh, I think it was about two hours before uh, the pay-per-view started. He's like, there's a picture of him not looking too pleased, and it says, I actually posted this right on the JK Podcast uh, Facebook page. You guys can go see this yourself. Uh, him saying, but I don't want to get out of bed and go hang from the rafters like a sexy pinata in a shark cage today. Hashtag Royal Rumble, hashtag San Antonio WWE. Sexy like a pinata. sexy pinata. No, <laughs> and a shirt cage. A very sexy pinata. Yeah, uh, he must have added the very at the uh, during the actual show because he didn't have very on the. He did on Raw. Yeah, and then tonight as well. Uh, Chris Jericho. I yep. love Chris Jericho. <laughs> so yeah, it was a match for the uh, Universal Title. I don't know why I was thinking U.S. titles because Chris Jericho has the U.S. title. That was really throwing me off. Uh, some good spots in that match, you know, as much as uh, people love to hate uh, Roman Reigns. And uh, I'm not his biggest fan, but, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where they, they, they there's so many. And I, I, getting to into this later on in, in the uh, discussion here, you know, they, they're still trying to get him over as much as they possibly can. Yeah. You know, but uh, there's um, another example. You know, we've mentioned that uh, potted plants and other kind of inanimate objects have gotten over better than Roman Reigns. This evening, you could argue that the number after nine got over better than Roman Reigns. <coughs> Mitch. The number 10, <laughs> the number 10, literally the number 10, gets over better with the audience than Roman Reigns does. Yeah. So, um, but some good, some good spots in this match. It was a no DQ match. Obviously, because you know there's a thing Shark hanging above hanging. there's a thing hanging above the ring, so that immediately makes a no disqualification match. Uh, some good uh, spots through some tables. Yes, um, announced tables, yeah. regular tables. But one of the the wilder spots I've seen in the while was early on in the match. I think it was Kevin that actually set up like a, basically a tower of uh, yes, quote unquote steel chairs. You know, and uh, he ended up going through those. Like he, he was did. basically, I think he was standing on on the apron and uh, took. Nope. A, up he, on the ropes. He was up. Yeah, he was up on the ropes, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, went through that whole thing. That that was one of the uh, 
more dangerous attempted spots I've seen in a little while. I was a little it concerned was. about who was going to go through that and how that was going to go. Seemed to go okay, I guess. Yeah. For those of you who, who <laughs> haven't seen the pay-per-view or, or yeah. won't see the pay-per-view, because I know we have listeners that aren't, uh, you know, typically yep. wrestling fans that watch. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin Owens takes, picture this, steel folding chairs. Mm-hmm. He puts two of them right in front of each other. Yep. So, the seats are, are facing each other. Have been four he at puts the two beside that. Yeah. So, we've got now four chairs mm-hmm. that are facing each other. Yeah. And he takes built two up more on top of, that. Yeah. on top of those and yeah. then one more on top of those two. So, he essentially made a pyramid yeah. out of steel folding chairs. Yeah. And then his ass ended up going through it later. It did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was a little worried about either guy going through that. And uh, fortunately, uh, don't think there was any injury there. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> that is the case because that uh, I was worried that uh somebody was going to go through that i thought maybe they were just going to avoid it but uh sure enough they went with it and uh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean when kevin owens went through it i mean it, it looked a lot more like he didn't land on top of and go straight down on them it looked mm-hmm. more like he fell into them yeah so it broke a little bit of the fall for them still they're steel folding chairs so that's gonna hurt yeah there's no whole but give there. <laughs> it wasn't too too bad no yeah Oh yeah, uh, the yeah Kevin Owens ended up winning that. You know, oh, interesting thing. Uh, actually, I, I should mention as I'm going down this list because I actually made notes uh, through the entire pay-per-view, and uh, Carl can vouch for this. Um, as I'm kind of making notes of the match, literally, I don't know if it's just luck of the draw or you know just stupid luck that I got with these. But as I'm uh, you know listing you know, who's in the match and then putting underneath who wins, everything. Literally, the first person on the left-hand side on my list won the match every time. Every single time. Every time. Uh, I typed them in beforehand. The match would happen. And that first person in line there won every time. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's just luck. I don't uh, think yeah. that, that happened uh, by accident. But uh, so, yeah. Whatever. So this time, Kevin Owens won that match. And mm-hmm. it actually won by, um, because it's an ODQ, there was actually a little bit of interference Ooh, yeah. from Braun Strowman. Braun. Who came in, essentially decimated Roman Reigns, <laughs> and then allowed Kevin Owens to get the pin yeah. at twenty two fifty five. Yeah, they uh, they might be setting something up with Roman uh, Reigns and Braun Strowman. Might be setting uh, might be setting up Roman with somebody else. We'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, who knows what they exactly they got in mind for? Maybe they're playing a few different options and seeing which one's going to pan out better. Yep. But I don't want to jump ahead of myself too much because we got some more to to go through here. Uh, next match, the cruiserweight match with Neville and Richards or Rich Rich Swan. Rich Swan. Let's call him Richard. Yeah, Rich Swan. Now you're not, uh, if I remember correctly, you are maybe not the biggest Rich Swan fan, are you? I'm not. Yeah. I do. I don't know what it is. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. His Justify in, your hate, sir. His in ring work is good. It is very good, okay. in my opinion. I will, I will say it's good, mm-hmm. right? I, just the whole character itself, I can't get into. Mm-hmm. I, it seems as though he is, like, hopped up on cocaine. Hopped up on goofballs. Just, just, like, jittery and all over the place all the time. Yeah. And it... I, I can't handle it. I'm no. like, no. It's just no, a little I too just, much. I, I don't... I can't Sensory overload it. with Richard with Rich Swan. I keep on Richard. Uh, yeah, him and Neville for the uh, Cruiserweight title. Now, Neville, on the other hand, you know, uh, since making uh, the turnover to a heel character, I think he's done really, really well. 
I think it suits him better than the uh, the face character. I you know what I have to agree. Yeah, it definitely has. I know that um, it's going with the uh, the beard kind of a look, and they changed his entrance up a little bit. You know, I know that he for a while was doing the the face, doing the good guy, mm-hmm. and he actually had you know brought to creative and said, "Listen, I used to do this character. It was a Mighty Mouse character. People yeah. loved it. I want to go back to that." And then there was an injury that happened. He came back, and I don't know if it was him or if it was creative, but somebody along the way decided, we need to turn this guy heel, make him a bad guy, mm-hmm. and it's just worked. It's worked. Because with the uh, the face character, it's almost like, you know, whether it was him or whether it was the creative part, just not really embracing that that Mighty Mouse character. I, I think they maybe could have done more with that. You know, it's, it's a reoccurring theme with some of these wrestlers that end up getting lost in the shuffle, but this will hopefully help him maybe stand out a little bit more. I, as of now, I think it honestly has. Yeah, because honestly, he was like just in a bunch of kind of throwaway matches on Raw and whatnot for quite a while, and uh, he would come in and would, would arguably do some really good work in the ring. You know, he used to do that that kind of back backflip thing where it looked like he would like almost land on the top of his head as he was kind of doing backflips. He doesn't yes. do that anymore, uh, which is uh, a little unfortunate because that was kind of his trademark. Yeah, the Red Arrow. <clears throat> that too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, since turning heel, I mean, uh, very convincing in in that role, I will say. Definitely, very, very uh, kind of intimidating looking. Uh, so yeah, uh, sometimes making a change like that can be best for your your character and your uh, in your career. So, and um, turned out to be the case. Uh, he is the new uh, cruiserweight champion. He yeah. is getting the best of uh, Rich Swan there. So. Definitely, and it was it was honestly a good match. I mean, really, there there wasn't anything super spectacular that really came out of it. No, nothing, right? nothing huge. Yeah. But I mean, it was a solid fourteen minute match. Mm-hmm. It was fourteen minutes even, and it was just a good match. Yeah, it was good, and we saw, you know, as is the case usually with uh, no, not usually, uh, they they do that that tape on the ropes thing, which uh, takes up a lot of time and a. You know, just for the sake of the ropes being a different color, I don't know if maybe they should go away from that. And they even, uh, um, on these bigger pay-per-views, changed the canvas because they have the Cruiserweight logo in each of uh, the corners of the, the ring as well. So they have to you know, take up the canvas and unwrap and then put tape on the ropes again. So you know. they, they actually change the canvas uh, every time. Every time. Every Even on Raw. Yeah, they are changing the canvas yeah. each time that a cruiserweight match happens. That's time. That's got to be time consuming. That's why they do these little uh, in between things during matches where they have like a, you know like Renee Young and yeah a little backstage these, segments. Yeah, just to buy themselves some time, right? So that the camera's not looking at what they're doing. Now, unless you're there live in person, then you get to see uh, you know kind of how that's done. That's right. Right, our buddy Shiv was at Survivor Series uh, this year. Lucky bastard. And I uh, got to see how that's kind of done. You know, we got yeah. the... Because uh, I figured that they were, uh, for a little while, you know, changing the ropes. You know, but uh, that that's something that, uh, you know, you need to kind of fine-tune and everything like that. You do. That, right? yeah. like, so it's like I was wondering, like, how do they have time to do this? Oh, they're taping and untaping the ropes. Okay. Not yeah. what I was expecting, because it's just the idea that seems kind of ridiculous to me. But, uh, you know, you could argue that, you know, taking the ropes up and down every time is even worse than that, so... But yeah, uh, like I said, Neville, the new cruiserweight champion. All right, uh, next the uh, the last match before the Royal Rumble, the WWE Championship. I think that's what it's called now. It is yep. just WWE Championship. AJ yep. Styles versus John Cena. Yes. Hmm. 
Oh my word. Yeah, you were a fan of this match, right? I you know what? I honestly I am not a fan of John Cena. Mm-hmm. I let me correct myself. John Cena as a person is amazing. Yep. For the stuff that he does outside of the ring, oh, absolutely, he yeah. is an amazing guy. Yep. His in ring stuff I do not like. <laughs> but tonight yeah. I was glued to my seat mm-hmm. on the edge of my seat because this was just, pardon the pun, a phenomenal Ooh, match. Phenomenal match. Yeah, they, they, yeah, when those two guys are in the ring together, they seem to kind of push each other. You know, we saw some uh, some new ish moves uh, from Cena. You know, uh, not so much of the five moves of Doom there, like he always always does. Even though we did see that uh, in this match as well as we always do, but. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, some good psychology in the match. Uh, a lot of you know false finishes and that kind of yeah. stuff, right? Uh, keeping you on the edge there, and uh, you know, going into this, uh, you know, if Cena could win this, tying Ric Flair's uh, record of sixteen world title championships, you know, hoping that that record uh, wasn't going to be broke tonight. Hope was hoping, hoping, but unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which side of the fence you're on, John Cena, the new WWE champion. Yes. Tying Ric Flair's record of 16 championship wins. Can I just say, boo. Boo. I am not a fan of that. Nope. Like I've said to you, and I may have said this on this show, or uh, when the show just called her Muckle Talk, that I felt that you know not only uh, Ric Flair's uh, 16 uh, world championship title reigns, and then I think also Undertaker's uh, streak of WrestleMania wins, I think those are the two big things in that, and not just the wrestling business, but specifically in WWE, two things that should have just remained untouched. Yeah, 100%. You know, those know. were two things that should have been untouched. Having said that, you know, breaking Ric Flair's record, I think that there should have only been you know two people that would have been worthy of that, and that would have been Triple H or Shawn Michaels. Yes, I agree 100%. Right? So, but yeah, I mean... Um, some some good stuff in that match, you know. Whether you're a John Cena fan or not, you know, you, it's you got to respect what they did in the ring tonight. Hundred percent, I do, and that's um, you know, that's why why I mention it, why I talk about it, because I, again, am not a huge fan of John Cena's in ring work, mm-hmm. but that match tonight had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, sometimes Cena does surprise us. You know, um, I think when he was doing that U.S. Open um, title challenge thing there for a little while, you know, with, uh, with Sami Zayn, you know, and some of these other guys, you know, had, had some really good, uh, you know, kind of one-off kind of matches with these guys, you know. Yeah. Sami Zayn is actually one half of one of, one of my favorite matches of all time because, uh, you know, just recently NXT picked their, their match of the year. And, and that was what the uh, one of the title matches between the Revival and uh, American Alpha. That's right. Right? Uh, I think it should have been Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. Because uh, I don't know people are probably getting tired of me talking about that match. But that's something that I still, to this day, you know, almost a year after the fact. And I go back and watch that match. And it's just... It just they hit everything right in that, in that spot there. And I still enjoy watching that match a lot. So, so honestly, that would have been my pick. But... Uh, you know, one of the stranger ones was uh, was the um, the two girls winning the um, was it not most improved? It was like standout or breakout star of the breakout year. Breakout stars, Billy Kay yep. and uh, Liv Morgan. 
No, not Liv Morgan. Uh, Billy Kay and the other Australian girl there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name now. Come on, you can think of it. Billy Kay and... What's her name? No, I don't have it. Anyways, if I think of it, I'll mention it again. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on in the sake of uh, uh, time here. Cause we're, we're about halfway through it now, which is uh, pretty close um, to where I was kind of hoping we'd be at the point here. Because now we're at the, the Royal Rumble match. All right, so that's uh, for those maybe who aren't familiar with how the Royal Rumble match works. Should we maybe explain what's happening here? We, we should kind of explain that mm-hmm. a little bit. Before you do, though, I just want to mention, because I've mentioned for all the other ones, um, you're looking 24 minutes and 10 seconds was AJ Styles and John Cena. Mm. So 24-minute match, yeah. Yeah. Longer than the typical match, that's for sure. But uh, basically, the, the Royal Mobile match, um, well, it's going back to, I mean, this is the 30th one, so 30 years ago. This was uh, the idea of Mr. Pat Patterson. Yes. The first Intercontinental Champion. That's right. Right. Uh, had the idea of like, why don't we take the uh, the battle, excuse me, I almost burped, uh, the battle royal, and why don't we have it so that uh, somebody new comes out every two minutes. Yep. Right. Now, the first time that this match was done wasn't on a full-out pay-per-view. This was actually done in Canada, in Hamilton, at Cops Coliseum, with uh, Bret Hart. I think it was Tito Santana the first two people that were ever in the ring for Royal Rumble. And that, that got over extremely well. Hacksaw Jim Duggan ended up winning uh, that. Yes. Winner of, the first, that, winner of the first Royal Rumble. He never won any titles in WWE, which is amazing to me when I think of that. You know, but, uh, you know, at least he won that. He has that feather in his cap, at least. You know, and then they saw how well that got over with everybody, and they thought, why don't we make this a pay-per-view, right? Yeah. And then it's just kind of grown over time. In 30 years, they've been doing this thing now. And uh, that's where we're at now. And so why don't we go through the list of everybody? I've, I've got the whole list of 30 people in here. And I will okay. say before we get into the whole thing, a couple of, you know, okay, little surprises, but no real kind of big ones where I went, oh, or was like kind of speechless or marked out. Nothing like say. last year's number three AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, no, nothing like that, unfortunately. I was really hoping that, you know, that, uh, you know, maybe not a surprise that Shinsuke wasn't there because I think he may have gotten injured last night at NXT. So they might have been a scratch at last minute. Could be. Uh, big surprise not seeing Samoa Joe here. Yeah. Big surprise. I know that, that uh, the internet was kind of raving about that and, you know, it seemed that that's the way that it was going to go with that. Why they went that way, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, there's one person I know for sure that I would have left out and put him in his spot, and we'll get to that as we go down the list here. But uh, first person out, Big Cass. Yes. Big Cass. Number one entrant. Along with Chris Jericho. Yep. First two guys in the ring. And then we had Mr. Kalisto, which uh, when I was kind of typing on my list here, my iPad, which I was making my notes on, uh, autocorrected to something, but... Can't see what it is. Yeah, we're a family show. We're, well, we're, we're, we try to keep it. The, the odd kind of uh, expletive kind of gets in there very, very rarely, but we, we do try to make this a little bit more friendly for people so we don't have to, uh, you know, seek the approval uh, to make sure that uh, we can even get on here. We have to put an explicit tag on there. So we try to avoid that by trying to keep things clean here. Uh, so Kalisto, number three, and then followed by Mojo Raleigh, who... Mr. Jerry Lawler referred to as an idiot, but then had to take that back because he said, no, wait, that would be an insult to idiots if we that's, actually called him an idiot. That's right. That was one of the the, the standout lines from him uh, 
<coughs> yeah, during the Royal Rumble match. And then um, a little bit of a surprise after him, Mr. Jack Gallagher. Yes, which from, was great to see. Mm-hmm, from the Cruiserweight Classic and is now doing the 205 Live. Uh, had a little uh, rivalry with, uh, Div- is it Divari or Divari? Divari. Yeah. Yep. Which was actually really well done. That's a good way to kind of do a rivalry. They uh, they went at each other and some good psychology and uh, some stuff that wasn't even matched. Just kind of, um, you know, kind of co- confrontations and whatnot. They did a good job with that and uh, and whatnot. So good to see him in there kind of doing his thing. Makes that character work really well because he embraces that role. He does. You know, and so... You know, and just just to kind of give people an you know, idea of Jack Gallagher, I mean, the, they call him the gentleman yep. Jack Gallagher. Yeah, uh, very very proper. Um, you know, going going back to this feud that he had with Davari, he actually pulled out a glove, slapped Davari <laughs> across him to a the duel. face, and challenged him to a duel. Yeah, some good old, so, old school stuff there. You know, just uh, nothing really flashy about him. Just wears rainbow colored trunks. Uh, no, not a singlet or anything like that. Uh, nope. you know, just a very, very simple look, but just, uh, just embracing that role in that character, you know, you know, if you were putting somebody else in that role, it might not get over so well because the person is just isn't behind it and dedicated enough to it. So, and then after him at number six, Mr. Mark Henry, which I, I guess maybe not really a surprise with it being in Texas, Mark Henry from Texas. So let's throw him in there. Left out a few other uh, famous Texas wrestlers in there, which I'm not too happy about. But, uh, but yeah, whatever. where was Chainsaw Charlie? Well, yeah, Chainsaw Charlie. I don't think as many. You know, I think a lot of people have been hoping for Shawn Michaels to <laughs> at least have come out and done something. Yeah, besides just the promo before uh, the event yeah. even started. I mean, right? at least we got to to see him there. But I mean. They should have had him do something, like actually physically do something. I thought, real, what a missed opportunity. You're in his hometown, uh, you know, in that arena especially, like, made his name in the Alamo Dome. Yeah. And they didn't do anything with it. I thought, oh, I was just, you know, what, what, I would say them dropping the ball, but just a missed opportunity, you know, to, to give Sean one kind of last little hurrah there, you know, or, or maybe just another one. It may not be his last one, but just, you know, he's in his hometown, whatever. I'm, I'm just kind of rambling on. <laughs> You know, because you know, just to see Shawn Michaels just like not do something is just weird. Yeah, it is. Right, because he just would do stuff all the time, and it's you know maybe just he, he wasn't game for it, or maybe Vince just forgot because Vince likes to forget stuff, and he's good at that. So, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, after Mark Henry, we had Mr. Braun Strowman, who <laughs> made a big impact in the match, big big impact, and then uh, Mr. Sami Zayn, yes, back in the Royal Rumble, uh, did pretty well there. Uh, number nine, the big show. The not, slim and trim. <laughs> the not quite as big show. Look at that in really, really good shape. Uh, so get to see him in there. Did do a whole heck of a lot there. Did a little bit with Strowman, but nothing too spectacular. So yeah, like I said, that was number nine, the nine entry. So at number ten. 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 That. Ten. Ten. Yeah, it irks me too. Mm-hmm. Before we even talk about his uh, about him going in there, as expected and as you know, we knew it was coming and everything. My big beef with this whole ten thing because you know because you know there was the the what thing, the yes, the no. You know, Vince is convinced, and it seems to get over with the crowd. This chanting ten thing, yeah, it's really really gotten big and out of in my opinion, it's getting out of control now, because you know for those who maybe don't follow wrestling when. 
if it, if it's uh, just a regular match, if it's not a non disqualification, non disqualification, I'm not saying that properly. No, if it's if it's a, not a no disqualification match, if the wrestlers are outside of the ring, or if both wrestlers are down on the floor or on the mat, the ref has to count to ten. Yes, of all numbers, right? But uh, but because every time that they're counting, the ref is counting now, the crowd is chanting ten every time, ten, ten. It's it's drowning out what the referee is saying, and you know especially for some of these wrestlers, maybe or maybe like you know like Shinsuke and Oscar and a few of those where there's a bit of a language barrier there. It, it you're going to run into some problems there because they can't hear what the referee is counting. Exactly. So unless they're looking at their hands, because thankfully the referee actually you know does the gestures with his hands too. I'm flashing not really anything in particular with my hands, you know. So that they're, they're just, they have to look for a visual cue because they're not going to be able to hear now because that. Freaking fans are chanting ten on everything now. It's yeah. getting it's getting ridiculous, in my opinion. I understand it's getting over, you know. But you know, again, we mentioned this before. You know, with uh, the fans having a respect for what's going on, that wouldn't be happening in Japan. No, in Mexico, maybe not so much, but in Japan, no. Right? Yeah, I, I I get things getting over with the crowd, but I mean, it's what can be done about this? At this it's not point, too much, right? Nothing. You know? Yeah, at this point, there's absolutely nothing that can be done. When you have it. that big of a crowd, you're, you're literally at the mercy of what they do. So, it's, um, I won't say it's a shame, you know, because it's nice to see something get over that's, that could be good, but it's it's spiraling out of control now, right? So, as is this discussion about 10, it's, it's enough to, I'm, I'm done talking about 10, done. Yep. Done. Ty Dillinger, number 10, came in, didn't last very long at all. Shame, kind of wasting a spot with him. They could have done more with him. Next. Number 11. More of the same crap. James Ellsworth. Come on. James why, Ellsworth. Why do you have to beat up on James Ellsworth? James you Ellsworth had, you has you, gone out there you could have and had, he has beat up AJ Styles <laughs> three times. Yeah, luckily. Uh you could have put Samoa Joe. You could have put so many other people. You, you could put a show on there. You could put so many people on that spot. You th- threw away a spot with him, in my, my, my opinion. You threw it away. Maybe so, but maybe not. I mean... I don't think there's anything defending that, really. But why? Why Why? Why was it a throwaway? He's not He's not a full-on wrestler. Yes, he is. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have... It's it's no, it's not right. He has been in it's the business right. for I would say yeah, I mean, in the, just about as long as some of these other guys who you're mentioning. No, I I understand that, but I mean it it doesn't make sense for him to be in there. But he's on the main roster already, so why wouldn't so it make sense? He's on their main roster as a mascot. No, he is on yes. the main roster as a wrestler. He's a mascot, folks. <laughs> he is a mascot. He has a legit contract that no. has been signed, mm-hmm. a talent contract. As a mascot. Don't like So, yeah, don't, mascot. That's your defense for the whole thing. Don't let Carl fool you. He's James Ellsworth is a mascot. He doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't deserve a spot in that's there. That's right. There could have that's been. That's your opinion. That's, that's my opinion. And I right. guarantee you there's some other people that feel the same way that I do. And there might be. But <laughs> I challenge everybody who thinks <clears throat> that he is just a mascot to go back and actually YouTube this guy and look at some of the work that he's done. He not just in the WWE. Take a look at his other stuff that he's done. Like yeah. the Shinsuke Nakamura's that you're talking about. Mm. Like the 
um, Samoa whoa, whoa, whoa. Joe's that you're talking about. Hold on okay. a second. If you're gonna if you're gonna compare James Elder to Samoa Joe or Shinsuke Nakamura, no chance. No chance. And that's your opinion. Next, Mr. Dean Ambrose in at number number twelve, and we'll say number thirteen, uh, followed closely by Mr. Baron Corbin, and then we have Mr. Kofi Kingston who. Didn't really do like a crazy spot this year to, to try and stay in the match or anything. Basically did this thing where he bounced off of the, the ring post. Landed basically square in his chest. Could have hurt himself doing that shit. And I Maybe. just said the S word. Sorry about that. But um, but yeah, I mean, uh, he didn't do anything spectacular this year. Which was nope. uh, which is odd for Kofi. Because he usually does some crazy spot to, uh, to get over with the crowd. Not so much this year. Uh, Miz getting in there. At number fifteen, this uh, the next few is going to be like a whole bunch of the the. I might as well just blow through some of these guys because it's just the regular guys that we're all expecting. Miz at number fifteen, sixteen Sheamus, seventeen Biggie, um, number eighteen Rusev, nineteen Cesaro. You know you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, number twenty Xavier Woods for a change. Every member of the Big Day in, in the Royal Rumble this year. Of the New Day, not the Big Day. Did I say the Big Day? Jesus, it's 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 later. It's late at night. We don't usually rec- we're not usually recording an episode this late. I gotta chalk it up to being a little bit tired. But you know what? Let's call them Big Day for now. Why don't we? Right? Uh, number twenty one, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Bray Wyatt. Bray came Wyatt. In. Uh, I was hoping he was gonna have more to do with this match, and kind of did at the end. But it 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 got weird at the end. It, it got weird, right? It did. It did. And well, how how let's try to explain to people how this kind of got weird because it's getting to well, the point. Well, let's get to that point first. Yeah. So after Bray, we had at number twenty-two Apollo Cruz. Um, kind of strange to see him in there. A bit odd. Didn't expect that one. Mister Randy Orton at number twenty-three. Then Mister Dolph Ziggler at twenty-four. Then Luke Harper at number twenty-five. So the whole Wyatt family in there again. And then number 26, a big one, Mr. Brock Lesnar. Yes. Brock Lesnar, followed closely by poor little Enzo Amore, <laughs> who came in and just got destroyed. He did. Destroyed by Brock Lesnar, destroyed. And then another really big one right after him at number 28, Mr. Bill Goldberg. He did show up. Who came out and uh, kind of destroyed a little bit and... Had something with Brock Lesnar again. He did. You mentioned that he destroyed a little bit. He actually destroyed Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he destroyed a lot. Um, in maybe about, you know, 15 seconds. He came in and they had a little stare down yeah. and he gave him a spear and then he essentially clotheslined him over the top rope. He's gone. Yeah. The look on Brock's face. Oh, the ring, the, the, that was a Kodak moment there. Um... Was there that was uh, again uh, Brock's idea for Goldberg to take him out again? Who knows? Who knows? We'll maybe find out after the fact. And then Goldberg, <laughs> Goldberg gets taken out by our next entrant, Mister Undertaker. Yes, Undertaker did. at number twenty nine, which was surprising because yeah. I would have thought maybe uh, uh, Taker would have been the last one out. And then. The big bombshell right at the very end. Who came out at number 30? Roman Reigns. <laughs> God. 
I was just, I was expecting, uh, like, I literally got out of my seat um, and I'm walking up to the TV. I'm like, okay, who's it going to be? 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 Last person on my mind is Roman Reigns, right? And you hear that. And I was like, oh, no. It's like anybody but Roman Reigns. And there were quite a few explicits that uh, came out of, out of Joe's mouth. Yeah. Right? I'm just like, he was already in a match. You could have had Samoa Joe again. Again, you could have put Samoa Joe in there. But they didn't. Nope, they didn't. You no could have brought in Seth freaking Rollins, and that would have been better. You could have brought in Triple H again, that would have been better. You could have brought in almost anybody else, except James Ellsworth, and it have been better. But they brought in Roman again. I was so disappointed, you know? Wow. I was so disappointed that, that, that just no... A big thing left out that no, you know, I guess you could argue against you know Goldberg and Taker being legends, but no kind of real surprise legend this year again, two yeah. years in a row, you know, um, you know before you you know you get like Boogeyman or you get uh, you know some of these uh, legends DDP or DDP. J- the Snake yeah you know nothing like that this year at all I was Kevin re- Nash really disappointed by that you know yeah. I mean uh, we know Kevin Nash probably won because he probably blew a quad again. You know, so, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I won't say, you know, the, the worst, uh, Royal Rumble match, uh, I don't, I don't say that that's like the worst that there's been, cause there's been some weird ones, but I mean, I think maybe the best word to describe it is maybe lackluster. Very lack, much so. Lackluster this year. I mean, the, some, some good stuff there, but, um, but just, it just felt like, you know, no real kind of surprise or kind of, you know, moments that just kind of, you know, make you go, oh my God, that happened. Or I can't believe that they went there with that. Or, you know, I can't believe he eliminated that person. Well, I mean, there's a couple of those. Yeah. But nothing really kind of, you know, that stands out in my memory that, uh, you know, I'll be, you know, 10 years from now looking at that and go, oh, I remember when that happened in the 2017 Royal Rumble. None. Yeah. Nothing really like that this year. Very, very unfortunate. Except for... Goldberg taking out Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that is surprising, yes, but then again, not surprising at the same time because we know how Goldberg's been booked his entire career. Yeah. Goldberg comes out and does things and keeps it very, very short. Because, you know, as I told you, like Regal and uh, a bunch of these these people, I mean, it's well known that, uh, you know, Goldberg is not good for a long match. It's true. He, He just, he can't string together enough to maintain a good long match with somebody. So they figured, well, we'll just have him squash everybody. You know, and that worked good for for a while. And it, and it's working okay for now. But how long can they go with that? Um another two matches, I think, <laughs> is all that he has left in his contract. Right, because you know, you know, we know that um, you know, Stephanie was like, "Oh, do you have another title reign in in uh, in you?" You know, not now after the no. rumble. You know, that was your your chance there, so you know, and they decide not to do anything with them, you know, which was, you know, I don't know. I don't, uh, it was just weird how they built all of this up with missed know, opportunities. Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, yeah. and the Undertaker to then just have what was done done. And then they had they had they had Roman Reigns eliminate freaking Undertaker. Yeah, and backwards. You, you should have had Undertaker and Carl Gruz with me. They should have had Undertaker. Eliminate Roman Reigns to that to set up something for WrestleMania, not the other way around. They did that backwards. Well, I think we have to say that you agree with me, yeah, because uh, 
after that happened, I, I I had a little conniption fit. Yeah, I honestly like, did. Really? They did that. Yeah, I couldn't believe that they actually did. Now we uh, in in the in the wrestling world, us you know, internet wrestling community people here, mm-hmm. we know that they're setting up for Roman Reigns and Undertaker to happen at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Now with Roman Reigns throwing out the Undertaker. The Undertaker doesn't care. He's done absolutely everything possible that there is in the WWE for him to do. So now why is he going to care that he got thrown out by Roman Reigns? He doesn't. No. Whereas, if The Undertaker had thrown out Roman Reigns, now Roman Reigns has a reason as to why he wants some revenge on The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. There is your build-up. Now now you're going to have Roman Reigns... Going and bugging and bugging and bugging, saying, I need this match with him. He threw me mm-hmm. out. I need this match with him. He cost me my chance. I need this match with him. That would have been the better approach, I think, to to get him to work with Taker, to again, you know, make this attempt for Roman to get over with the crowd as well. Because I think, you know, going with this way now, it's just going to make uh, Roman look like a whiny little, uh, little baby again. Yeah. You know, whereas if he would have had, you know, Undertaker eliminate him... You know, you could have really, you know, had him really go after Undertaker, you know, and then done some edgy stuff, maybe even something, some stuff similar to what uh, Cena and Rock did for their leading up to their Undertaker, to their Undertaker match. Oh yeah, <laughs> to their WrestleMania match. I almost said leading up to their Undertaker match. What? John Cena and Rock having a match leading up to Undertaker match doesn't make any sense. <laughs> leading up to a, ma- a WrestleMania match with Undertaker and Roman Reigns, they could have really done some edgy stuff with there with that, but now. Because of the way they went about it, it's going to be a little strange. So if that's the way they decide to go, right? yeah. If, if, who knows? Maybe they'll go back uh, and see if maybe they can do this John Cena Undertaker thing again. I don't. Know, I really know if people want to see that. To be perfectly honest with you, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You know, I mean, at at at, at this point, really, like, who is really is there left for Undertaker? <laughs> like, like you said, he's done it all. Yes. You know. You know. So. Um, the only other thing, one I could have maybe thought would have been Goldberg, I guess, but, you know. But then, if you're going to do a WrestleMania match with Goldberg and Undertaker, you either have to have Goldberg squash Undertaker, which would be ridiculous. Yeah, that would be. <coughs> or you got to try and do this long thing with, you know, this drawn-out match with Taker, um, you know, going after Goldberg, which we know Goldberg can't really do a really long match. So then True. you would have to have Undertaker squash Goldberg. So it would just be a really kind of this long build-up to a thing, Leading up to a squash match, hmm. right? So, which I'm not really a fan of seeing anymore, you know. Well, it's not for too much longer, right? So, so well, we'll see how much uh, how much longer Undertaker wants to go for. Because I mean, I mean, he's one of those few guys that has the luxury in this business to, you know, decide how he wants to go about things. He's, he's going to stay for as long or for as short as he wants to. Very true, right? If there's, I don't think there's anybody else that really has that ability, you know. So he could probably just go up to Vince tomorrow and just say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. You know, because uh, you know, as you said, he has nothing left to. Uh, he the business doesn't owe him anything, and vice versa. He doesn't own the business. Doesn't owe the business anything else. He's put in so much time and done so much, and is respected by almost everybody. You know, he has nothing left to prove to anybody. So. No, he doesn't. You know, he is just staying because he likes doing what he's doing, and I think he will keep doing it until the, the moment comes where he doesn't enjoy doing it, and then he'll 
call it quits. That's right. That's exactly what it's going to be. When, he's, so. when he is not happy doing this anymore, that's when it's going to be, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before, uh, I think probably the best way, I think, for Undertaker to go out would even be just doing a match. I think you have him come out, uh, just, you know, classic Undertaker. I think maybe you you put him on the bike, you know, to kind of pay homage to that time that he spent doing the bike for character, which, yeah. you know, people are kind of 50-50 about. I enjoyed it because it was a bit of a change, and he was willing to change his character up, which says a lot about him uh, as well. And you have him just come out to the ring. I think maybe you have him with, with the urn. Oh, yeah, have to. Right? And uh, you have him do his walk into the ring, take the hat off. And I think he put, I think you have him put the urn and then the hat in the middle of the ring. And then he just gets out of the ring and then gets on the bike, top of the ramp, you know, stand up beside the bike, raise his, raise his hand. Yep. Get back on the bike and then just ride off. Yeah. And we've go- talked about that before on past episodes of Turnbuckle Talk. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I think that that's exactly how it should be done. Yeah, have him go out with some with some class. Don't want him going out like say losing this to somebody, and have that be the end of it. You know, especially if it's not somebody, you know that, um, you know he has some history with. You know, I'm hoping maybe it's not like a like a uh, you know, as much as I love like like a big cast or something like that. I'm hoping that he wouldn't go out or, like on a match like that. You know, losing to somebody that he doesn't really have any kind of connection to. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Because yeah. under that would you know that would leave a bad taste, and I think in every wrestling fan's uh, mouth, uh, especially when it comes to Undertaker, right? So, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so let's hope that that doesn't happen. You know, for for our sake and for his sake, and for just the wrestling business sake in general, because he's one of those guys that uh, you know he's just he's one of those icons. That I think every wrestling fan likes. I don't, I don't I don't know too many people that that don't like the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. I mean, you you can talk to people that aren't even wrestling fans or haven't mm-hmm. watched wrestling in years, and they still know who the Undertaker is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, to really do something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, to have them lose and go out or whatever to somebody that's not somebody that he's been involved with before, yeah. I think would just be a dishonor to what he's done. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that's uh, that's about it for the 2017 Royal Rumble. Uh, again, uh, I mean, overall, um, nothing nothing too horrible, nothing too great. Uh, just kind of a, a run-of-the-mill kind of WWE pay-per-view, which uh, I was expecting a little bit more, especially when it came to the actual Royal Rumble match. I, I won't say that they totally let me down, but, you know, it wasn't... Uh, I didn't have any of those fangirl moments, you know, no. which I'm <laughs> kind of disappointed about. But, uh, you know, definitely uh, I'm glad we didn't pay, like, Seventy or eighty dollars for it. Yeah, or no, how, how, I don't know how much is a pay per view now. I forget. Uh, Sixty five dollars HD. Oof. Which, yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I'm glad that Shaw Cable finally decided to get the WWE Network. I know, right? Uh, for eleven ninety nine a month in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you for the WWE Network because it makes uh, you know, things a lot more tolerable when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, and even WrestleMania too. All right. So, uh, so that's coming up soon. But uh, next uh, pay per view in. Two weeks now? Two weeks away. Your favorite preview elimination chamber. Yes, it is. Right? And uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you were even saying you were hoping that maybe uh, a women's match in the in the chamber? That'd be interesting. I, it would definitely be interesting, something mm-hmm. that hasn't been done before, and especially with everything that they've done <clears throat> in recent, um, going with the you know cage matches that the women have done recently mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? Like, why not mm-hmm. have 
an all-women's Elimination Chamber match happen. I, I am all for it as long as they leave out Nia Jax. I'm okay. Do it with everybody. You, you leave her out of that Elimination Chamber match because you are playing with fire with that. They are. They definitely That's are. It. But all I'm going to say about it. I'm almost 100% certain that she'll be involved. Oh, God. Somehow. If they do, if they do the women's match in the chamber, yeah, they probably will. But let's hope that they don't. That's right. But it is going to be an all-exclusive SmackDown pay-per-view. Yes. So I right. guess that eliminates her. That's right. It does. So yay. So Woo. there will be no Nia Jax. Yay. No belly rolls, except for mine. That's right. And yours. A little bit. All right. Uh, I think that about wraps up here, Carl. When we uh, end up like we usually do, and we'll we'll thank our friends again. We'll thank Casey Security for uh, you know being a sponsor of our program. We uh, definitely. Enjoy having them on board. And we may even have uh, uh, Mr. Daniel Laprade in for maybe like a Paranormal Talk episode because he's kind of into that stuff. He so. is, yeah. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll have him here for that. And uh, we'll start off by, uh, well, end up, we'll not start off, we'll end off by thanking some of our other podcast uh, friends uh, around the Sault Ste. Marie uh, local area here. At the MBM podcast with uh, our friend Moose and Mike. They talk about everything uh, remote control car uh so if that's um, something that you're interested in, if you if you like racing uh, RC cars or or just a fan of that just in general, or if you just like listening to a good show, even if that's not something that really you know tickles your fancy, they do put on a good show there, and it's good discussion. Even if that's something you're interested in, listen to it, and maybe they'll uh, pique your interest because exactly. they do a good show. Moose knows what he's doing; he has good equipment, and uh, you won't. Uh, it doesn't sound like they're talking on little cheap microphones. They they put on no. a, a good quality show there. Go check those guys out. Definitely. And then we need to make sure that we you know <clears throat> talk about and even thank our friends over at the Space Jam podcast. <clears throat> We're talking about our friends Robin and Wit. Mm-hmm. Now these guys they talk everything under the sun. You're looking at everything you know, including but not limited to sports, pro wrestling, alcohol, comics, and entertainment. Hence the reason why it's Space Jam. Aha. I knew there was something behind that name. There is a little acronym going there on go. there. Yeah, they just crossed. Uh, they've officially been doing their uh, podcast for just, uh, they just crossed the year mark now. So I believe they have, yeah. So good for them. I think they're up over like 50 episodes now. So good for those guys. And um, like we said before, you know, we're all about uh, the local community here with the, the podcasters. Uh, we're, we're working together to, to make an impact here in the area and to put co- podcasting on the map here and to, yes. to get noticed and, uh, and whatnot. And yeah, so go ahead and, uh, check those guys out. And of course, make sure if you are listening to us, make sure you like it and you share it so that people can enjoy it too and discover it if they, uh, haven't seen it before. So, and, uh, not just for wrestling fans, cause we do do the paranormal talk and we do do the tech talk and, you know, kind of other stuff in between as well. So that's right. So make sure and uh, go and check all that out at the. Uh, the what, do you have the um, the name for the website? Um, uh, I actually. do. You know, we're still in our beginning stages, so mm-hmm. the website is a little bit different. Um, but you can find us at uh, Carl Carafel, K A R L, K A R U F E L dot dot com slash j and k podcast there you go yep and at some point we'll uh hopefully get uh, a full-on good uh, domain name for that but that comes with time it does and uh we're we're, we're slowly building things here we want to make sure that uh you know we have things that are good we don't want to you know buy off too 
more than we can chew right off the bat. We want to make sure that what we have works well and, and looks good. And then over time, we'll uh, we'll build it to make it uh, to look even better. Definitely. And Everybody at this time, enjoy. you know, on our Facebook uh, Facebook page, we've got 32 people that actually like it. If you want to become number 33, 34, 35, 36, up to mm-hmm. 100, please go ahead and click on uh, Facebook and look for J&K Podcast. You'll know it's us because it's just a white background with a J and a K in a black uh, foreground. So go ahead. You can go there. The website is available at the Facebook page as well. And then make sure you like it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, make sure you share it, as I mentioned as well, so that other people can discover it and enjoy. Uh, Like I said, even if you're not a fan of wrestling, we have Tech Talk and Paranormal Talk for other people to enjoy as well. All right, guys. I think we'll wrap it up for this time. All right, Carl? That's, we're good, yeah. All right, so we will see you guys next time on the JNK Podcast. Thanks for listening in here, and we'll see you guys next time.